Uh, welcome to Women Who Code Radio. I am super excited. Uh, we have here some of the directors from one of our largest and oldest communities, uh, Women Who Code Silicon Valley Network. Let's have a, a round of interviews. Let's start with you, Akanksha. Let's uh, introduce yourself. So hi, everyone. I'm Akanksha Lonari. I'm one of the directors with Women Who Code Silicon Valley. I've been with the chapter for the last three years, and I've been director for the past year. And I really enjoy giving back to the community and working with the great leaders, great team and great leaders in our chapter and overall with Women Who Code community. Excellent. Anju? Hi, I'm Anju Mersin. Um, I joined uh, Women Who Code as a participant in 2016. Um, I joined for a technical interview preparation and that's that was very, very inspiring. And um, I, I really wanted to be part of Women Who Code because I really wanted those series. So I was uh, I was a participant, then I became a mentor for Women Who Code uh, into the series. And that, uh, and it being very inspired by that, I, want, I wanted to give back more. So I, I requested to be director. <laughs> I, I applied to be a director and I was accepted to be a director. So I became a director mid of this year. Uh, it's been like uh, six to seven months since I've been director. And it's been a great journey so far, a very satisfying journey. And um, I would like to continue to hear. Michelle. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Michelle Ho. Um, I guess compared to Anju and Akansha, I kind of only really became an active, active member relatively recently, I would say around like January of 2017. Um, it all just kind of started when I attended their uh, whiteboarding interview prep series and got a lot out of it. And then somehow from being a participant, I guess I kind of fast tracked and got really involved I became a leader and then eventually um, became a director of our chapter um, around the same time as Andrew back around May of this year. Um, so I've uh, also, I think also become a director was a great encouragement from the current directors pushing us. It's like, oh, we, we should improve our leadership skills. That's, that's, that's really great. Um, so I guess like together with the rest, we, we definitely look forward to interacting with her members, trying to understand what they want, what they need, and then try to put up great workshops um, for everyone, so. And there's actually, you you represent half of the current directors for the Silicon Valley Network. There's six total. Yes. Why, do yes. you need, yeah, why do you need six? We, we do have uh, like responsibilities assigned to all different ones. In our chapter, currently we have like around more than 6,000 members and it's growing by 100, 100 members each month. And uh, if like we do have statistics on meetup.com and we can see that there are almost, almost 400 to 500 members being actively attending these uh, events every month. It's a great thing that we have so many participants and they're actively attending. So it takes a lot of like a big team to manage all of these events, like right from getting hosts to setting up the workshop to communicating to the members, uh, as well as promoting our events and appreciating what all is going on. So each one of our six directors have all of these tasks distributed and we work in sync, like we have these uh, monthly meetings with not only with the new leaders and volunteers, but also within the director's team. And that's how we keep this overgrowing chapter <laughs> flowing smoothly. Like it, it looks like, okay, this chapter is just going and going on and on and on, but there's a lot going behind the scenes for this to keep going on. Now, is this yeah. the largest chapter, or is there another another one that's larger? Actually, we have a second. Um, second, second largest. Who's the largest? I think LA is the largest. 
Ellen is the most active. active. I, I think in terms of numbers, uh, we might actually be the fourth largest chapter. But I guess these are all statistics that we got from the Connect Conference back in May. Um, these are statistics back in 2018. So hopefully, hopefully our numbers have improved this yeah. year with the uh, huge number of events that we've been running all throughout 2019. So, excellent. Well, in 2019, there's been a whole bunch of changes. There's the new technical tracks uh, that Women in Code is doing, in addition to sort of the topical meetups. Um, talk a little bit, maybe, about what your network has done um, within that new space. So, uh, what we are trying to do uh, is that we are trying to replicate on site. Um, some of the meetups, some of the tracks. So this, our global tracks are data science, Python, web development, cloud, front end. So what we want to do is also have uh, local uh, meetups based on that. So we just recently had, for example, our intro to Python day for data analysis um, workshop. So what we try to do is have something for the local chapter too. So that one, we can drive them to the global chapter, but also have something for locally so that people can meet face to face. It'll also be like a networking event so they can get to know each other and uh, so ask us doubts in person. Sometimes in-person works also very well. Uh, and all, even though webinar is great and we can bring in all globally, uh, sometimes face-to-face um, -face, um, works well. So that's what we try to do. We also have like speaker series where people, especially new speakers, can come and speak in like in a safe environment. We are very uh, encouraging environment, very, uh, you know, we don't judge, right? So we're non-judging like a safe environment where the women, most of the time we see that they're scared to talk. We, we want to give them a chance. So that's why we have something like speaker series. We have, um, that's what we do. Like we try to replicate those events and like even support yeah. global. Many of new people are also interested in getting into the machine learning space or the data science space, and they don't know like where to start. So we have these events, like the introduction to uh, Python or even uh, data science related, where they can actually be leaders or present their, like maybe uh, one topic at a time and have a series like that so that they can actually learn about a topic and present. So deep learning was one of the series, which yeah. it was like that. So I mean, like obviously, data science, machine learning—it's like a super, super hot and trending area, right? But of course, we don't want to kind of like we want also want to give some love to the other tracks as well. Um, so I think in our chapter alone, we've been trying to do some stuff to help, I guess, also beginners getting into web development. Um, our chapter this year, we introduced a new thing called a coffee chat series, where you just have a bunch of people um, go to a coffee shop and like chat. And one of the ones that we actually did this year was about intro to web development. How do you get started? Should you do a boot camp? Should you not do a boot camp? And then just from that one coffee chat series, like we kind of came up with ideas of other things that people want to learn. Like for example, the next one was like, okay, well, if you have a project, let's listen to what other people have done. Like maybe like someone would present a bootcamp project they did or an idea about they wanted to create this website for their friend. Um, so it was it was a good way for people to like casually share uh, their project progress and just to learn and see what other people were doing. On top of that, I think the commonly requested thing is it's like, oh, can we have a Git workshop? Obviously Git is pretty useful for not just like web development, but in many other tracks, anything related to tech. Um, so we created events based on that, that first are from like the Dylan track. So, so we mainly like listen to a lot of what our members want yeah. and then see yeah. how it fits into one of the five um, categories that uh, the global headquarters is also trying to lead this year. So you guys do a ton of events uh, constantly. Uh, how do you deal with finding sponsors and hosts for these events? Yeah. So it's a lot of resources. That's a big challenge. That <laughs> 
it, it's it's a big challenge. It's actually a, one of our biggest headaches usually. So I guess like we we do a lot of stuff to try to get sponsorships. For example, like we we oftentimes almost every single event we tell our members like hey we need if you like this event we need help finding a host and say so if you know someone if you know like uh, any, if you have any contacts if your company is willing to sponsor us like please like talk to them get us in touch with them so so we get some sponsors and some companies to host us based on that method uh we also have sometimes some companies reach out to us but oftentimes with that one we have to kind of see what they're looking for um what they are capable of helping with and then we kind of discuss what our workshops do and see if we can find like a mutual like good collaboration that we can have and then go from there sometimes we're lucky sometimes yeah. we're not we struggle sometimes but we we've been lucky in some aspect this year too we've had some uh, great companies who helped us this year um and we're definitely always looking for more through this podcast yeah. I ask members and viewers is that if there are any companies that you're working for, you know, that <laughs> to us, you know, because we try to get the word out that we want to like empower and encourage women, and we don't do it for money. We we do it for free. Um, that's you know we want to do it for free. We want to continue doing it for free, and it's a very basic need for us to get hosts and companies sponsoring us and uh, supporting us. is It's very important to us. Um, and I think many members are actually very. the ones who attend our series and who get benefited with that with that series like say the interview preparation which is one of us our most popular series they get so uh like they they have this gratitude okay this series helped me so much they actually go back to their companies and request uh like the next host or the next event for uh for us with their company so we have had this in the past and it it is really helpful when uh the members actually see the see the benefit in going and talking to their companies about our events. Yeah. That's our biggest uh it's kind of like it's like, kind of their yeah. like a uh, first hand personal experience that they can vouch for us saying mm-hmm. hey why is women who code good what do i get out of it why is it so empowering i mean i i think it speaks a lot when like one person who's actually experienced it and went through it yes. can actually vouch for us. So you talked about popular sessions that you all do so whiteboarding was definitely one what are some other and uh, machine learning was one you guys said was uh, very popular yeah. what are some other popular ones that people are really all over so basically uh, interview interview prep series that's always popular uh, and then we have had like great companies uh, help sponsor us like interview kickstart they had like a three week series um explaining uh, explaining every part of our uh, interview prep series from behavioral to system design uh, data science machine learning anything related to that like data uh, data analysis of python python uh, series all of that and then web development so we had a javascript uh, react series with uh, san francisco um, meetup that was also quite uh, very like even when you changed our location last minute there were people that showed up because they were very much willing to like come for that uh, a speaker series also has been good um people like to learn the day to day life of um, uh, you know like product like how to navigate a career Yeah, yeah yeah so how to navigate a career so those have been a big four uh, events 
Yeah. Actually, there, there's an, I think anything that is like workshop related where they can do hands on, yes. um, that's always super popular. And also the ones that are really popular are the ones that are more like in like intro beginner friendly. Because um, like I think for that, a lot of people, they might not be already in that domain, but they want to learn something either out of curiosity or they want to kind of transition to a different role. Uh, oftentimes it's kind of hard, like when you're a complete beginner, it's kind of hard to learn on your own, right? So I think anything that's intro, hands-on, that actually gets a lot of attention. People come in. I've definitely spoken with a lot of uh, people who go to those methods like, oh, hey, I'm coming completely from a non-tech industry kind of thing. I'm trying to learn this on my own. Mm -hmm. What do I do? Um, I definitely saw a lot of those actually in their last Git workshop. Um, I've, I've actually even seen people like they're like getting like a, they're borrowing someone else's laptop so they can actually come to this workshop and mm -hmm. do the hands-on activity. And, and that's, that's very, very like uh inspiring it's, it's like oh my god these yeah. people like these are true beginners really trying hard um just to get their foot in the door get their hands on um kind of practice kind of thing so and that's exactly what we want too like we want to get women that are new to the industry like not get afraid like not to be afraid and to walk into the industry right we want to support them and we want to encourage the women so so that that is what when i say satisfactory that's exactly what we're looking at you know we want the beginners and beginners to come in and look at the industry and like try to move into the industry if they want to. Yeah. We have examples where like members have come back to us saying that oh, because of this series, it gave me so much confidence that I got this role or I got into this mm -hmm. job. Yeah. And they have written like we have got so many emails or even members come directly to us saying this. And then we feel so happy that, OK, we should continue doing this because there are people, even if one person shows up, we are like, OK, wow. This is worth it. We also have members that have like benefited that they know something uh, and they want to give back. Like for somebody, uh, some somebody is in, was interested in Android and they want to give back. And so they came and they wanted to have an Android beginners level workshop. So we also have members coming back and wanting to be leaders and giving back with, through workshops. It, it's so great to hear you all reaffirming my experience. Um, I got involved very lightly in, in 2014. I met uh, Elena Percival for lunch in San Francisco, and she was pitching this idea of this new organization that she'd been working on. Um, and I gave my first big talk at Connect in Seattle oh, wow. and uh, met all of these women who were uh, either new to the industry or, you know, coming back into the workforce at all after being away for a couple of years. And uh, I've kept in touch with some of those women and they're now working happily away. Most of them still in the Seattle area. But yes, it's amazing what the impact of this organization and how big it's grown as quickly as it has. It's what, five years old since it's become a nonprofit and really kind of yeah. gotten on. 180,000 members now, like right <laughs> of this year. So. How many? Globally. 180,000 globally. Oh, it's 180 globally? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's as of May, right? It's probably more now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So as one of the oldest and one of the largest organizations, what are some of the lessons learned uh, or the lessons that you're still learning as far as making this a very healthy community? So I guess like to have like, as you said, like a supporting large, great community that's ever so expanding and growing right um it, it really it really takes a lot right it's not just like companies sponsoring us uh we have to have like uh, active leaders directors and obviously also more importantly the members right we can we can do all that we want we, we have companies host us but if the members aren't as engaged right i mean like 
we wouldn't really have as successful as an event. So like, we definitely learned that like to make the whole thing successful, we really need contribution from every single aspect. Um, so that, that's definitely one important thing. Turn to what Michelle said. Um, also, we need to showcase our passion that we have, why we are here. The, I, we need to like PR it. Like, yeah, that's something we learned. Like, we want. That's why we are doing this podcast even, and we're trying to get our newsletters out. Like, we want to show that you know, here we are. We have the passion to give back to the community, um, and you know, uh, we are looking for people like either as leaders or, or, or come or come to our events, uh, any of that. You know, so uh, that's something I also personally learned even for my work too, that was a great learning that if you're, if you're doing something, do it with so much passion, right? And passion and be persistent with what you're doing. So uh, that's, that was a big learning for me personally and volunteer wise and professionally too. I think having committed leaders and having passionate volunteers also to help for the event is one of the big takeaways. Like we get a lot of interests, but having people stick around, keep coming back was a big challenge. Like I think till last year, but this year we are having a lot more good things. Like we have a lot more leaders coming up and then we, we are still looking for more diverse leaders because we want a, a person from each like different topic. It's not just like only the popular topic. So we, we want to have more leaders and more committed leaders uh, coming up. So and women do underestimate their own, uh, I think their own abilities. They think that oh, we might not be able to lead an event, but like when we go ahead and tell them, you have that you can actually lead an event we will be there with you then they are like they'll be like okay well, let, let me try and once they try one then they are okay they're all over <laughs> they want to do more uh, actually yeah adding on to that i think a lot of like i guess the the new members will we encourage them they're often kind of apprehensive of like oh i'm not a leader i've never done this before i don't want to mm -hmm. do this alone um, I, I think one thing we've learned is that okay okay doing it alone isn't like it's not like easiest thing unless like you've done stuff like this before uh, but when we like pair up different people to like create this new like event together that actually really helps just because i think now they kind of have like their own small group to discuss the problems figure out what to do and it kind of shares the load of work and it makes it i guess more welcoming uh more fun to actually just uh organize the event together and, yeah. and being a leader, um, I've, there's been many women who have talked about how it's helped their career because it's helped them develop skills around project management, time management, conflict <laughs> resolution. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think we've been through all of those um, yeah. things, actually. Yeah, yeah. But actually, adding on to lessons, there, there was another thing I actually forgot to mention earlier. Um, I think just from organizing all these events, I just, I'm not much of a social media person. I didn't realize that, like, social media plays such a big role. Um, um, I think we have a fantastic social media team um, in, in our chapter who um, they do a fantastic job advertising our events. And, and that really helps get our events out there. And like by word of mouth, like someone sees our posts on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter. And then they kind of they kind of spread the word and then and get more uh, females to know about us. Like, for example, I think for our Python for Data Science uh, event, I think one of our team members posted something on LinkedIn and I shared it and it turns out that my friend he wasn't into data science but his wife was trying to get into it and his wife didn't know anything about women who code and then he was like oh yeah Michelle's actually leading this thing for women who code why don't you go try it out and then 
And that was like actually her first time coming to any of our Woman Who Code events, and she absolutely loved it. And now she keeps telling me, it's like, hey, hey, if there's more events, like keep me in the loop kind of thing. So like, I mean, that, that really is amazing to learn how social media, word of mouth, um, kind of helps spread um, our, our events and our chapter to other people. Well, good on the husband. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we need Mandy life. Yes. <laughs> so it's actually interesting to, it, it didn't occur to me until you said it. And then it was, of course, it was like, of course you would need a dedicated social media team. Uh, social media is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. <it laughs> yes. Is. You don't think about it. Actually, you're like, okay, it's just social media, but it is so important. And uh, nowadays it's like, it's, that's the only way you can market and get, put yourself out yeah. there even for professional reasons personally like it is it is the thing uh, right now after all this i'm so uh, like committed to linkedin right now because i see so many of the chef post, you know because it doesn't help me it may help somebody else so yeah that i understood the uh, the importance and the positives of social media yeah. actually and also how you how you advertise it, right? If you just write data science workshop blah on blah day blah place, like yeah, it's it's like okay, maybe interesting, like but then like you gotta add some like cool stuff to it, like make it exciting and interesting and kind of like really pump up like the energy, and that that actually gets a lot of attention. That people like like clap or whatever, and uh, it, it gets a it's a very like positive cycle that gets everyone excited. I think. So. Do you imagine perhaps moving beyond social media and then maybe into like media media production? Like, you know, I know that as part of the national organization, there's like some videos and that sort of thing, but maybe having like little trailers for coming meetups uh, as like little snippets, like MP4 type things. Is that something maybe someone's tried doing yet? Oh, wow. <laughs> actually, we don't have the bandwidth for that, actually, because all six of us are like so happy full you know our hands are very very full with all that's going on but i'll make the social media people do it <laughs> <laughs> so let's yeah well maybe maybe we can think about trailers and all that stuff like videography like further down the road but i think yeah. definitely uh one of the things we want to work on next year We'll, we'll try to fit it into our schedule before end of this year is trying to get more newsletter out. Either it'll be a reflection of what we have done, like how was this event, or it's like, hey, upcoming, wait for this part of this thing kind of thing, right? It, it could kind of be like a little, I guess, uh, in writing trailer for upcoming events. Um, so I, I think that could be something, I'll be a nice, good next step. A thing that we always wanted members to do is like, hey, if you went through this event, like, could you write like a blog entry for us saying, hey, how was the event for you? What did you get out of it? Did you like it? Do you not like it? We kind of just get more bloggers blogging for us as opposed to just the three more of us writing all the time. So actually blogging helps even job search and all. It's it's right now since the competition the job is so much, it's good to have a lot more experience in many fields, like try to become a unicorn, that's what they say. And so this will help them members too. And you know, hey, I'm a blogger, right? That's a positive. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I post stuff on Medium now these days. And <laughs> so so the Silicon Valley chapter, it's this huge chapter, but it's actually one of a number of chapters that are all actually somewhat close together. So there's also the San Francisco chapter the Sacramento chapter uh, off the top of my head. Uh, I'm not sure there's there might East be another Bay. one. There's East Bay's chapter. Oh, there's an East Bay chapter. Yeah. So since there's some proximity, is there any kind of collaboration efforts that are done between the net networks? We try to have collaboration efforts, but the problem is even though they're like, it's like California, it's like just a mile, a little, like a few miles apart, it, to get to another place is very tough. Uh, so it's actually going to be there. 
Yeah, the traffic is crazy. So uh, we try to have remote <laughs> sessions. So if we have remote session, we share with other chapters. Like we are going, we are looking at one for for an interview prep series for coming up. So we want to like include other chapters too. And so, so if it's a remote chapter, we try to spread the word. Hey, it's a remote uh, session. You can join in. But sometimes you know, remote session is an additional charge kind of a thing for a company. Like bringing coming in, uh, bringing in remote is it's more a little more expensive. So sometimes we are unable to do it. But uh, we try to collaborate, but it's not always possible. I think I think we've had a couple of successful stories this year because, um, as you said, like we have SF chapter relatively close. There are actually beginning to be a good number of tech companies, I guess, along the peninsula area, like Menlo Park, Burlingame. Mm-hmm. Um, so while we have like companies there who are willing to host, uh, we're like we're on it. And so we try to get members from both chapters to kind of go together. Uh, like I guess like people from SF have to commute down, people from South Bay have to commute a bit up, but like that will actually benefit from from both and um i also know that our members are in both chapters so oftentimes you see them like kind of go to events in both areas some people will drive up some people will drive down so we do that um but if we oh, yeah. if we don't have like a company hosting that's in between um sometimes when we find a good speaker we kind of tell the other chapters like hey there's a good speaker uh she uh he or she like does events for this like like maybe you guys can contact them for the same event like we we actually had that this year yeah, with uh, Riva, um, they kind of like like a oh, negotiation for salaries as a woman. The speaker was great. There was like, hey, like, uh, why don't you do like a talk for the SF chapter? And we connected them with um, them, and I think they were able to hold a similar event uh, further up north. Yeah. So we kind of collaborate that way. Yeah, and also beginning to get sponsors. We, we shared like in the sense like there was a company that's holding us red book or something some other company they were here in the san jose bay area but they moved to sf so we said hey why don't why don't you work with uh, the sf team uh, they wanted to continue working with us so we was, yeah. we suggested them that sf chapter will be a more relevant chapter uh, because they 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 couldn't come down to san jose again and i think we also had a, a career fair this year which was in the peninsula yeah. area the redwood city and it was a pretty popular event because uh, people from both uh, SF and Silicon Valley chapter were so eager to have such kind of an event, the career fair mm-hmm. event, where they could just go and search for jobs and like, meet different companies which are local. So I think it was a good good event from uh, which had efforts from both the chapters. So we we'll, yeah. we'll look we we'll look forward to having more such events where we can attract more members from both cha- all different chapters. How do you think that the ch- the individual networks as collectively drive sort of the global, the national or global strategies? You know, what's the relationship that you see between the networks and uh, the executive team as far as making Women Who Code the best organization it can be? Yeah, I think one of the main reasons that headquarters want these local chapters is that we can identify leaders or we can identify women who who have those kind of like leadership skills and those qualities where they want to give back to the community and identify them and empower them to help others. So I think each local chapter does realize that, okay, we need to have, we need to give this platform to women and encourage them to be best version of themselves. And that's how we help uh, headquarters in their mission, like their mission of actually having more uh, women in the leadership uh, senior roles will be achieved by giving them these this kind of confidence on this kind of platform to build their skills, build their leadership skills, build their confidence or build their community step by step. Once you have these, this kind of community 
you definitely know more about how to navigate through your career and how to go ahead when you face those kind of situations in your uh, personal life so or the career life i think it's, it's really in sync with hq and also hq ha- have started the conferences like connect and women uh, the data track conferences and that's been helpful because they give our members like we uh, we can uh, have our members go to those and it's a networking event and they get to learn something new so and you know like so we we, we have more conferences in san francisco bay area for people to come that's how we promote uh, women who go global like their vision to getting more women into tech roles <laughs> that's how we do too So there's so what I'm hearing is that you from your perspective you really feel strongly that the power is distributed that there is a, a ton yeah. of empowerment at the network level and that's really um benefiting the organization as a whole that that sense of sort of distribution Yeah. I think it's not just empowerment, right? I think it's also like kind of sharing of ideas. Um stuff that we've done in our chapter, sometimes we kind of see what other chapters do as well, get ideas from them and vice versa. I think as a whole, right? You don't want to be just like oh, only one chapter is get all the really cool events and then other chapters they're not like there was like oh, they have like one tour event like so we kind of like share ideas like okay, it looks like oh, this chapter is doing this kind of workshop like what if our our chapter did something similar. So when you kind of share ideas and like um things like that it basically helps the hq globally right like everyone like it's just because you don't live in bay area doesn't mean that you won't be able to attend something similar as, as long as a different uh, chapter holds something similar in their their local area um so i guess in that way like my sharing idea sharing workshop workshop kind of like uh um I, I, or events you kind of help everyone not just in the bay area not just in like seattle portland or just even in the us you can also help other chapters around the whole world um, so so that that definitely helps uh headquarters uh, in a very global way i guess well and certainly i i always enjoy at the connect conferences um meeting some of the directors from uh, other parts of the world mm-hmm. i think probably the entire planet knows michi right from manila so <laughs> he's the life of every party tell me um what are some things that have surprised you uh in as you've participated with women who code and as you've moved into leadership positions what's something that really kind of took you took you back like wait i wasn't expecting that to happen hopefully in a good way but maybe not i don't know like how appreciative some members are like i was really when i when i actually when i started i did not i it was mostly selfish thing that i wanted to give you know i was like okay i want to give back to the community but when i saw the um the, the how appreciative people were like so many people like they recognized me somebody even once i had somebody come up to me in a, in safe way and say hey <laughs> do the interview kickstart series when is the next one and i'm like uh yes we are looking for us we'll have one soon as like i was like that way for that was with me so i i used to tell my parents like hey i'm doing this i'm doing this they really never understood what i was doing but when my father was there, he's like ha huh, they, they are so receptive and they are so appreciative of this he was he was proud of me at that moment that i was giving back so that that was like getting recognized outside <laughs> i was like it's, it's a big thing for me it was very surprising actually uh, the appreciation that i was giving were getting from many some of the members and some of the members are also sometimes get angry too for, and that's surprising too because like, hey there's no food available i'm sorry i don't control that you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah food sometimes get it becomes an issue Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Yeah, so I I think like those are good points. I I totally relate with that, Andrew. Um <laughs> I think it's interesting that I I I've also encountered 
Um, is that like sometimes you think the the journey that you're going through, it's like, oh, only only you're facing that problem. It's, it's very unique. Like everyone has like an easy, much easier route kind of thing. So you think it's like, okay, I'm only one facing the struggle. Um, and then and then you go to these events and then talk to people. It's like, wait, wait, you're going through the exact same thing? Like I didn't realize. Like a good example was um, for me, I was trying to switch from hardware uh, engineering to software. I was like, okay, it's it's been tech, can't be that difficult, but why am I having such a difficulty in doing this? And I was like, okay, I must be the only person here. And then like, I was actually in an interview prep workshop. I didn't realize the person who was in my same group, same table, was apparently from my same company doing the exact same thing as me. It's it's like how how much of a coincidence is that like and then like that was just one case and then as i start leading more events um for women who code this year i've met so many people also trying to switch from hardware to software so for it started off as me thinking i'm the only one going through this journey to realizing wait there's way more people out there who's going through the same thing and mm -hmm. I, I think that was actually something very interesting um that i found out after being involved in women who code well for me the most interesting part is how so many, like we have so many of them like who are actively engaged in this chapter and who talk to each other regularly. And everyone is busy in their career life and their personal life. And still everybody finds time to give back to this community. They come back, they, they think about like, okay, let's do this event. So I think that attitude, having that sense of gratitude towards the society, even if wherever, it, whatever position they are in their career or in their personal life having that sense of giving back i see it in all of the members that we get, interact with and that is something that surprises me that maybe they are like uh, in more senior levels in their position or even if they're just starting out everybody is like very very committed to uh, help in some way or other they, they find the time like in today's world when i meet other or friends or other people so many of them are complaining, oh, we don't have high earning jobs or we don't have time to uh, volunteer. We don't have time to do exercise or something like that. But finding time for things that matter to you is something that is common in all of us as women who code. And I find that very, very uh, encouraging and inspiring. And I always keep telling other friends about this, that I feel so proud of this fact that so many uh, women feel like giving back, taking out time and giving back to this community. That is what surprises me every single time. You know, it, it speaks to the level of inspiration this organization really brings to so many people. What, uh, so looking forward, it's almost the end of 2019. I can't even believe it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you went by so fast. <laughs> and every year it goes by faster. What's a friend yeah. of mine said, the, the, the days are long, but the years are short. <laughs> That's certainly true. So what, what, are, what do you uh, have to look forward to in 2020? So in 2020, uh, we have a few ideas. We are starting to plan strategically uh, what we want to do. Um, we want to replicate like uh, all the tracks uh, locally. So we want to have a data science workshop, front-end workshops, um, web development, cloud workshops, all of this. Because uh, actually in the industry right now, all these are very important. 
uh, having, you know, having data science alone is not enough. You need to have data science and cloud so that, you know, you can deploy your pro the predictions, or some, deploy your models, you know. Uh, you also need to have your a little bit of front end. So all of this is very important right now. Uh, so we want to actually replicate that. That's what we are looking at. Uh, to have uh, local workshops, workshops. beginners specific, specifically, we want to target beginners, mid-level, mid-career level. So somebody who's moving, switching careers, returning to work. Uh, so we want to have a lot of that. That is one major thing that we're looking at. Akanshi, you want to continue? Yeah, so another part would be having those career navigation workshops. Uh, we want to continue having those. Like th There are so many options. But we need to we need a uh, right type of guidance or right type of uh, like inspiration to see where you want to take your career. So we want uh, leaders or different speakers what who can come and tell about their career journey and how they navigated and what kind of right decisions they took at the right time to shape their career in a certain way or at in a certain technology. So we want to definitely continue those kind of um, speaker series or panel discussions. Uh, in our upcoming year. Yeah, I think adding so, on the speaker series, yeah. I, I think uh, something that we've also noticed in this past year is that we want to encourage more people to speak, especially the ones who don't have, I guess, as many speaking opportunities. Um, oftentimes, like, okay, not everyone gets to go to a conference and speak, right? Like we want people to like be able to, I guess, give a more, uh, I guess, like tech related talk. Um, we want to make sure that people know that it doesn't have to be like, you don't need to be like the best like TED talk speaker in order to present. Anyone can do it. Everyone should do it. Actually, everyone should practice yeah. and learn how to speak better. Um, I, I think another thing that prevents people from actually like volunteering to speak is like, oh, I, I'm not like technically that good or I don't have something that's completely done and presentable. Um, I think we want to encourage members to say, hey, just present what you have. You don't have to have like a super stellar finished project before you can actually tell people what you're doing. Just that, so, so that they can actually practice more along the way and just get better speaking skills along the way um, and then mm -hmm. improve themselves. Um, so that's kind of one more thing. Some of the yeah. things we want to do, but we definitely want to keep what we did well this past year as well. Yeah. We we also wanted to add a uh, like member recognition or more social media presence in terms of like member recognition as well as like medium blog about what we are doing, like kind of sharing experiences, and we want to continue doing more of it in the new year. Like we have been doing it this year too, but not at that extent but we want to actively engage more and more volunteers into helping us with this kind of uh, social media promotion and uh, spreading out our word and, into, and also helping them write their own stories, like share your experiences or how, how you experience growth in yourself throughout, throughout this uh, like event or throughout this workshop uh, organization or something like that. So every woman should have a voice. Yes. Yeah. Have a I voice. Love love yeah, everyone should have a voice and also be able to lead and give back as well. Yeah, overcome it. your fears. I, that's what I want to tell all women, right? Overcome your fears. Because I'm 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 one of the persons that have always been very fearful of many things like public speaking, writing, uh giving talks, you know. So all this has helped me and I that's why I'm here today in the women who could because I want to help other women that are scared, you know. So uh, our platform and everything that and Everything that we do is to help women with that. So that's that's our plan for this year, this to 2020, yeah. 
to you know help as many women as possible either get into roles or tech roles or come back so that's how all our um, meetups and workshops are going to be focused on yeah i think we have like a a super supportive uh and friendly environment um i guess if there's anything that you've ever been scared about doing this is like the best like platform to kind of start your journey in you can definitely if you're afraid of speaking right speak in front of our, our group our group is very encouraging i've never met anyone who's mean everyone's super supportive i think i i wrote my first blog article ever I know I was like, oh, I don't think I should publish this. It's not done. I'm not a good writer. And then Contra was like, oh no, it's great. You should publish it. It's like, okay, all right, fine. I'll probably publish it. You know, like, I actually, people actually read it. I, I was kind of surprised. Like people read it and told me that's like, oh, it's so great. Like, it was a personal good like story. I mean, like, so when you get feedback like that from people being so encouraging and liking what you do, it, it's a very good environment. It kind of makes you want to do more. And therefore when you do more, that's how you grow over time. Yeah. yeah. We're our own worst critics in many ways. So. Yes, yes. Actually, we are all witness to you know the, whatever Michelle just said. We all overcame our fears, and we are all here. So that's yeah. what we want to encourage women to do the same. Yeah, I'm just really glad to. I want else to push you, encourage you. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really heartening to hear you on this, on encouraging speakers. Um, I, I when I've talked to people like, how did you get started? And I I said, well. I realized I would go to conferences and there's a lot of really bad talks. Like the bar is actually not that high. <laughs> like I can do at least that good. Yeah. But inside your head, you think it's like, oh my God, it's like 50,000 feet up in the air. It's that high. I know. I know. That's what we tell ourselves. But yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely, it's, it's a great thing. Communication skills uh, are you know, useful in so many ways. Uh, actually, I want to give a big shout out to, two of our directors who have been actively engaged with us this year. One is Bindu Mohan, who is our host management uh, director. She actually reaches out to the to different hosts and get, gets us in contact with uh, many of her own contacts for hosting. And also to Olga, who, who owns um, Action Spot, and she always opens up her uh, co-working space, which is Action Spot, for our, uh, for our events, like any last minute uh, host issues that we have. She she's always there to solve them by providing her own co-working space. And so a big shout out to yeah. both Bindu and Olga for being yeah. great support support team yeah. for us. We are we are like uh, juniors to them, but we, we look up to them so much. They are very helpful and very encouraging in what all we do. They honestly have like the two toughest jobs in uh, getting our events running successfully. So like good, good call, Akasha. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. sorry they couldn't come hang out with us today, but maybe we'll get them on the show at a future date. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, definitely. We need to have them yeah, speak for us because they've worked a lot for us. <laughs> but on the note, I just wanted to give my personal experience with Women Who Code. Um, women Who Code has changed my life a lot. Like I have, Women Who Code has helped me grow professionally, personally. It has been the best decision. Joining Women Who Code has been the best decision. The first time I saw on Meetup about Women Who Code interview prep series was, I think, was the best day of my life because uh, the decision was the best. Uh, joining and being being a, and getting to become a director has has been you know god's grace we believe in god and it's been a god's grace because uh it's been a very satisfying experience each time i go to a women who code event even if it's late even if i'm hungry and i don't care because it is a very satisfying um you know feeling it's, it's very satisfying you come out you're actually most of the time happy 
about it, even though it was like there was so so much rush in getting that uh, event done and uh, get, getting through all of the all of the issues that we had. And but once the first event is, if it's a series, if the first event is done, it's been like wow, this was the best experience ever, right? So uh, so that's that's been my personal experience with women. Food. It's it's been it's been an amazing journey, and uh, we, I really want to give back, and I want more women to come and experience this. Um, giving back and like be you know in, in a true being able to live your dreams i want yeah. women to have that you know live your dreams and uh, if i can if we can help women who code or women who code silicon valley or we can help you in any way we want to help you know that's that's yeah. what i want to just reach out to us and we'll be there for you yeah. <laughs> and actually one last thing i think you also like not just like form a good network um you'll also find great friends actually i mean i yes. i never i never publicly actually said this but andrew and akaja have been absolutely awesome friends um uh, yes. i've had such a great time working with these two ladies like i i could not have started women who code better um than working with these two great people so thank you andrew thank you akaja. I agree. <laughs> me for me too. They're my best friends. Akanshan, Michelle, yeah. awesome. Like they're my best. So we friends. are looking for more friends. So yes. please come join us, and we <laughs> want to grow our community, the girls sisterhood community. Well, it sounds yeah. like the Silicon Valley Network is the place to be. Um, so <laughs> you guys are setting the bar for some of the other networks. I hope to talk to uh, in the not too distant future. Um, but yes, for all of our listeners who are based in uh, Bay Area, South Bay, and so Santa Clara, San Jose, somewhere Mountain View, maybe Mountain View, um, yes. check out uh, uh, Women Who Code Silicon Valley Network. They're waiting to meet you. Um, yes, thank you so much, Tara. <laughs> thanks, yes. ladies. Thank you for having thank us. You. Thank you. You've been listening to Women Who Code Radio. For more information about today's episode or to ask questions or submit ideas for future topics, check out our show notes at womenwhocoderadio.blogspot.com. To learn more about Women Who Code, a 501c3 nonprofit organization, go to the main website, womenwhocode.org, or you can follow them on Twitter at Women Who Code. I'm Tara Hernandez at Tequila Rista on Twitter, and thanks for listening.